Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This podcast is a Royfield Brown production. Find others on iTunes. All right. Yeah, I know. This is Dumpty Dum, sponsored by managers. Dumpty Dum, a podcast about the archers and the goings on of Ambridge. It's P&Q here, Philippa Hall, the burp bomber. And Quentin Rayner here to service your pulsators. <laughs> There's a definite whiff of chicken muck and disinfectant, so that must mean you lot, our Dumpty Dummers have turned up too. This week's Dumpty Dum tune is from Melissa in Italy, and she says, I recorded this in a desperate attempt to avoid eating crisps during my break between piano lessons. Philippa might understand it's not biscuits, but once I start, I can't put that packet down. Hope you like it. Sorry for the poor quality. Melissa from Italy. We did like it. Oh my goodness, that's extraordinary. And I do completely understand. Yes. Once you start, you can't stop. Exactly. Um, I'm just imagining all the sort of grease on her keyboard from eating the crisps. <laughs> See, that's the difference. I'm just thinking about the yummy food and you're worried about the hygiene. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you very much for that, Melissa. Yes, indeed. And we're lucky enough to hear thoughts from Brian, Cheryl from Cornwall, Polly Perks, Jen Ambridge Pony Club, Millie Molly Mandy, Claire from Clapham, Tracy from California, Catherine, Vicky Cole, Benjamin, Stephen, Darcy, and Anon of Ambridge, plus Tweet of the Week, Facebook Roundup and welcoming new members of our Facebook group, predictions for next week, and the Dumdee Book Dumb item, this time with best-selling author Janice Hallett. Marvellous. So, Quentin... 
Let's look back, shall we, at what happened this week. I really can't wait, Philippa, uh, because I really can't remember the last time a woman asked me over to her place to take a better look at her bonsais. But uh, Beth's nana certainly had her iris on Leonard. However, 91-year-old Jill wasn't going to give up her friend without a fight. So out came the flapjacks, but no drizzle cake because she'd sucked the juice out of all the available lemons. Iris had popped over to Brookfield with flowers and chocks to console the babs, battered and bruised after hitting a deer on the way back from a winter blues party at the Casey Casa. On the way there, David and Ruth had sneeringly joked about Vince's sunken hot tub and furry toilet seats. But the party reminded Chicken Dance Man there is a world beyond Brookfield and how good it felt to escape it for an evening. Iris and Leonard bonded over tiny trees as the sore spot confided she was partial to a pinus. A rattle Jill hooted, I don't think she could have sat any closer to Leonard if she tried. And she's only known the man five minutes. But when Beth challenged her, the matriarch apologised and laid down her missiles. While David and Ruth snuggled up by the fire watching rubbish telly, it all felt like telly's excellent succession. Ruth wondered who'd take over the running of Brookfield. Josh is their front runner. Jill declared the farm to be in safe hands as another generation had proved it's ready to step up. And Pitt boasted she and her brother will smash it when they take over, which Josh reckoned won't be for another 15 years. So don't count your chickens then. Well, maybe in Josh's case. As they grappled with a cow's dislocated hip, inside the grown-ups were playing with plasticine. Is it a horse? Is it a trombone? The archer's siblings squealed along with lashings of warm reminiscing. Leonard proved he can multitask by both feeding and listening at the same time. His breakfast soon became toast of Brookfield, and he got so carried away, he even organised a mass takeaway for everyone. On top of that, he also served up an apology to It's almost as if you think I'm jealous, Jill. So, to paraphrase our Leonard, we all managed to get through an entire week at Brookfield. Hooray! Hooray! (laughs) (laughs) Such fun. Such Such fun. fun. So how's your week been, Quentin? Well, there's a note in this our script listeners that in bold purple that says, be very brief, so I will. Uh, and that's put in by Philip. I think that's pink, name. actually, rather than purple, I have to say. But hey. It's not pink, it's purple. It is. That's pink. Trust me, that is fluorescent pink. Good God. It's anyway, purple underneath. Sorry. Listen. You told me to be very brief in <laughs> your control freakery notes. And brief I will be. It's been my week's been pretty mundane, actually. Compared to the excitement of last, I've done quite a lot of admin, car washing, that sort of stuff. Finally took down the Christmas lights. They weren't on. I just couldn't be bothered to take them down. And I disposed <laughs> of our tree. Uh, but I mean, my week is nothing in comparison to a good friend of this podcast, our lovely Rosie Porsey, because she's had a starring role, hasn't she, in her local she online has. newspaper in Edinburgh? She with has the, the the latest instalment of her Bonnie the Swan escapades, and uh, she's uh, been nurturing Bonnie and her mates during a diesel spillage. So, if you want to read all about it, we will put a note, we will put a link in our show notes, won't we, Philippa, so you can read all about Rosie Porter's exploits? We will. It's already there, ready and waiting. As for you, I mean, you've had a fantastic week, haven't you, Philippa? Oh, I've, I've had... A... Uh, um, 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 don't be modest. 
<laughs> Don't be modest. I've Go had a to... lovely podcast week. Yes, I've uh, f- found out some information about the book podcast that made me very happy. So that which was, was what? Come on. Uh, which was I've forgotten the technical title, but basically you are, you are ranked <laughs> the second largest UK commercial book review podcast with only the fabulous Richard and Judy ahead of me. You tweeted and congratulations, you. you thoroughly deserve that. Oh, thank you. Well, it yes. was um, yes, uh, my gob was smacked to hear that. <laughs> but apart from that, it's just ill dog. Ill dog this week. Ill there's, dog Gracie. There's a, yeah, poor Gracie. She's not well at all. So there's just n- nursing her. And very quickly, I think there's a serious problem here because Sean, my husband, announced this week he prefers a two-bar Kit Kat to a chunky Kit Kat. Yeah. I mean, I, it's extraordinary. You think you know someone and then... Yeah, they'll the, be tra- then the, trouble in the marital home now, won't they? There really is. But anyway, that's enough about well, us. But I, you know, I sent you chunky Kit Kats for a Christmas present, didn't I? So there you go. You did. And I was very grateful. I'd like to say I've still got them, but that would, yeah, that would be a lie there. <laughs> they have disappeared quickly. Anyway, that's enough about us. Let's get on to the important bit, which is you, our lovely caller rinnerers. Hello, Ambridge3962. And first of all, we have Brian, who's calling in on Tuesday as he's breathing a sigh of relief. Hello, it's Brian. Well, that's a much better week so far this week. I'm quite happy, buddy, now. Not, I should be happy because there's been a car crash. That isn't very good, is it? But we got Iris back. I like Iris. In fact, the whole Casey family are quite entertaining. I'm quite enjoying them. Yeah, so, so far... Saying Tuesday when I'm ringing in, but that's all very positive. Oh, so much better to have a good week. One little plot prediction, which I don't think will happen, but Davy's knee, worried about that. My prediction, it turns nasty. He has to have it taken off, and Linda gets to put on Treasure Island as the Christmas Christmas show. So that'll be fun. Um, I think that's about it, and... Um, yeah, nice to talk to you. Speak again soon. I have never heard a Brian so light of heart. Because <laughs> <laughs> I have been concerned for Brian in recent weeks. He sounded very weary and weighed down by the things that were annoying him in, in Ambridge. And this he's a transformed man. First of all, normally Brian waits until the last minute to file his call. He's phoning in on Tuesday. He's so Yes, happy. indeed. So I'm delighted to hear you of 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 fine spirit brian this week uh he's a happy bunny he says and it, it, uh, like him i'm pleased to see iris back i think she's fun iris and mm. god didn't she <clears throat> didn't she get under jill's skin that was that was it was nice it's a bit silly but it was nicely written wasn't it all that bonsai stuff i enjoyed that <laughs> yeah. lots of theories this week and we'll hear others about the health of david and ruth that maybe they are concealing more serious injuries they were discharged awfully quickly weren't they from the hospital um brian reckon he, he's gonna have a leading role in treasure island with his peg leg <laughs> Well, I was concerned about Ruth as well, because Ruth said, oh, soon I'll be able to take my collar off. And I had vision that she's got one of those cones that they like put on dog. animals. Like yes. your dog. And no wonder she's tired, because she's been trying to sleep with a cone on. That's yeah, lots of references concern. to her being tired. Yes. And well, we will... she's on painkillers, though. Nobody said. So are we listening to her? Yeah. <laughs> 
<laughs> yes, but she is tired. Uh, uh, I know the feeling. And when she mentioned that the comment when they were off to the party about new money, I thought, oh, what right have you got to say that? I'm that not a fan of Ruth. It? Yeah. it was sniffy, wasn't it? Furry toilet seats and taxidermy was the other one, wasn't it? Yeah. Mm. With hot tubs. Yeah, they were sneering, weren't they? And they ended up having a great time. Typical. Typical. And when she said at the beginning, oh, my lovely husband, I thought, oh, no, are we heading to another Jolene and Kenton moment? But fortunately, we didn't. So I was pleased about that. You weren't the only one. It's been a very smutty week on Twitter. Oh, you're obsessed with Twitter. You really are. Well, that's my job here, isn't it? I've got to be across <laughs> Twitter and feed the, feed the beast that is Tweet of the Week. <laughs> just, just put that in your back pocket as a little warning, though, Philippa, for Tweet of the Week. Oh, no. Yeah. Oh, no. I'm already blushing. Right. Well, Brian, that was a great way to start off this week. Thank you very much. Stay for cheerful, that. Brian. Although it's slightly unnerved me that you're so cheerful, but I, no. hope, it la- I hope it lasts. No. Absolutely. And now we go on to Cheryl from Cornwall, who called us on Tuesday morning about the accident. Morning, Philip and Quentin. It's Cheryl here, Courtney from Cornwall. I'm out on my Tuesday morning constitutional. Um, just before work, reflecting on the last couple of days in Ambridge, and oh, am I disappointed? So, Ruth and David hit not a badger, not Rosie, but a deer, and they have survived. Um, so, so disappointed. You know, so much potential there, all wasted. Although, you know, there's a lot of week, a lot of the week left to go, and not all injuries make themselves immediately apparent. So there's hope there. Um, and we're left with the conundrum of what's blocking the drains at Brookfield. Uh, I know a lot of people on Twitter are suggesting it might be a body. I'm more inclined to think that Leonard's been uh, hastily chucking Jill's flapjacks down there when she's not looking. Um, but I'm sure we'll find out at some point. Um, also, just want to uh, turn back to the topic of uh, Catherine's call from last week. Um, how very dare you, Catherine. Jolene does not sound like anybody who was ever born in Cornwall. Um, <laughs> to me, I mean, I, I, born and bred in Cornwall, have lived in Gloucestershire for a couple of years and um, now back again. Well, I've been back again for a long time. But um, to me, those voices of Jolene and Fallon and Eddie and Clary all sound quite authentic to uh, the people I've met who are born and bred in that North Gloucestershire area. Um, so there. Um, anything can happen. A lot of big left to go, as I said. You know, we're all praying for a bit more drama uh, to make our entire week at Brickfield worth it. Thank you very much for that, Cheryl. Great to have you call back in. Yes, what is blocking the drains at Brookfield? Is it Jill's flapjacks? I, I don't know. No, it's, um, one of, it's one of Rosie's poos. Oh, well, that's lovely. And I know everybody else has said this, but Rosie was left in the house on her own. Well, that's I mean, pit, that's Pip for you, isn't it? Uh, and why, why didn't Pip just phone Ren to help? You've got Eddie, you've got Ed, you've got Adam, but also Ben had stayed at home. Ben hadn't gone to the party because he was, was starting work the next day. Josh ben was, was, just, was just, just her whipping boy this week, wasn't he? Yes, we've got a lot to say about I'm amazed ben, you've restrained yourself so far on Pip because um, you are her biggest fan, but you, you've got, you're, gonna, you're holding back for later, are you? 
started following her on Instagram now, and I kind of feel mean for all the stuff that I say. But yeah, I have got stuff to say about following. People, don't worry. Following the actress, right? Yes, yes. Now you like um, her. That was a- well, no, no. Let's not go that far. But right. I feel guilty for some of the things that that I've said. But when <clears> David <throat> said, "Oh, I can't hug you because of my knee." But Ruth was okay hugging, but sounds like she's smashed her elbow into a thousand pieces. So, and David liking grilled prawns in cones. It, there was a lot to be happy about this week, but th- there were some strange moments as well. <clears throat> well, I mean, Cheryl, great to hear from you on your morning constitutional. I do like that phrase, isn't it? <laughs> a great phrase. She's disappointed because clearly she was hoping for a, a death, Cheryl, wasn't she? <laughs> Just, I think we all were, you, let's be honest. These injuries take a long time to come through. Hopefully something might happen by the end of the week. <laughs> Sorry, Cheryl. They're still alive. But, you know, maybe these injuries will um, cause complications later on. Clearly that will cheer Cheryl mm. up enormously. I don't, I don't know how I'd feel if David or Ruth died. I'd, I'd be in shock, actually. I would because... Um, many people think they are the beating heart of the arches. Yes, yeah, no, that's um, true. And oof, Josh, Josh has given them another another fifteen years at least. It was a good week. I thought it was written by Sarah here, and I thought she did a splendid job. Is that how you pronounce the surname? Because the continuity announcers have really struggled this week. Oh, <laughs> well, that's me just assuming, <laughs> as I do. Well, I looked it up. I thought, God, how do you pronounce that? Yes, she does follow us on. Twitter, doesn't she, uh, Sarah? Yeah. yeah. So perhaps if you'd like to phone in, Sarah, with <laughs> correct. the correct pronunciation, we'd be delighted. <laughs> and also, you know, we'll forward it on to Radio 4's continuity announcers. Yeah. She also was taking issue with Catherine's call last week when she was moaning about Jolene's accent. Um, she's saying, oh, why does she sound Cornish? And clearly, <laughs> Cheryl from Cornwall knows a Cornish accent and knows a North Gloucestershire accent. So she's, uh, how very dare you, Catherine? She's placing our Eddies and Claras and Fallons in North Gloucestershire and Jolene as well. So that would tie in, wouldn't it? It's closer to Ambridge. Mm, it um, would indeed. But definitely not Cornish. So you've been told, Catherine, <laughs> by a Cornish woman. Well, Cheryl, thank you so much for that call. We look forward to your next one. It's so exciting to have all these uh, people calling. I look, really... I look forward to Catherine's repast next week. But we must move on. We've got a first-time caller in around. We've got Polly Perks, who has a conspiracy theory. Hello there, Dumpty Dum. Uh, my a first-time caller. My name is Polly Perks. Some people might remember me from the good old days where we had Mustard Land which was the website, community website the BBC used to run for Archers fans, which unfortunately went the way of all things. Now, just a couple of points. Um, For some reason, I thought that the new lesbian romance was going to be between Amy and uh, Alice. Nothing to do with Stella or Pip or Ruth. But my more important point is, is there some sort of conspiracy because I cannot find out which actress plays Stella. You look up Stella on Google, it immediately tells you it's Annette Badlands, who obviously plays Hazel. On the BBC website, The Archers Who's Who is just not there. So is there some reason why they're keeping Stella's identity in uh, in the dark? Uh, I mean, she does seem to, to know an awful lot about farming from somebody who doesn't appear to exist Anyway, I loved your podcast and I shall become a regular listener from now on. Polly Perks here. See you soon. 
Oh, great to hear from you, Polly Perks. And mm. thank, you, thank you for uh, adopting us and finding us. And um, we are uh, delighted to welcome you on board. So please do call in again. Um, Stella exists, Polly Perks. She most definitely does because the actress is Lucy Speed, and you'll find her at Lucy Speed on Twitter. So, um, and she's also in the cast list as well. So I don't know how that escaped you, but that's her name, Lucy Speed, and you know more about her than I do, um, Philippa. What else? What have we seen her in? Well, I don't have a girl crush without full research. Thank you very much. But no, uh, actually, Polly Perks is right. The BBC website isn't showing her, and there's a few characters where the information is ah, pretty scarce. So because Brenda Selwyn sent me a cast list with her. Yeah, on. when they put the cast list in, say, sounds as to who's going to be on in the ah. week, they put her name on that, right. but it hasn't it hasn't gone on any further, which is strange. Yeah, so Lucy's been in EastEnders, in Forgotten, all sorts of things. Um, I think if you saw a photo of her, you would perhaps recognise her straight away. Um, but yeah, it is a bit of a conspiracy theory. And another conspiracy theory, I think, is with Amy. Why... Why haven't we heard from Amy's maternal grandmother again? You know, Mabel Thompson um, with all the Jamaican influence. Let's have that Jamaican influence back. It's played by Mona Hammond, wonderful actor. And uh, yes, Mm. so there's conspiracy theories here, there and everywhere. Mm. But Polly Perks, fabulous call. I expect regular calls from you. Definitely. Um, And just because there has been speculation as to whether Stella has been introduced as a lesbian character and a lot of speculation as to who she's got her eye on, everybody assuming Ruth, but then we had a call the other week, didn't we, saying, no, she's got her eye on Pip. She's going via Ruth. Well, Pip put that one to bed, didn't she? Literally. (laughs) She's on the lookout for a young, lonely man in Ambridge, um, of which there are very few she was moaning about. So Pip's Mm. out of the equation. Well, um, you never know. Yes, but um, your crush can continue, Philippa. Thank you. It it will. But Polly Pokes, do call again. Please and do, now yeah. we go to Jen, to our Ambridge Pony Club, who has the qualifications and know-how to help us decipher the actions of Alistair. Greetings, Quentin, Philippa, and all you fantastic Dumpy Dummers out there. Thank you for last week's episode. Uh, absolutely hilarious. Just finished and really enjoyed it. Um, just wanted to say congratulations to All Grey Whiskers for a brilliant call. Uh, you're doing a brilliant thing. We're behind you, so keep going. Now, we had some vet reaction this week. Uh, people seem to enjoy the academic comments, so I just thought I'd call in. Um, now, I am not a cattle vet. I'm slightly concerned that some beef specialist is going to ring in and tell me I'm all wrong on this. But I did do cattle for the first couple of years of my career. And I've taken the European specialist exams in large animal surgery. So I did have to study a fair amount of cattle orthopaedics. That was a traumatic incident, we heard. Um, There would be a high chance that leg dislocated because she'd fractured her femoral neck. And Alistair really should have checked for that. Anisha had bought some pretty serious imaging gear, um, so getting an x-ray of that would have been a potential. Taking an ultrasound machine, just having a look to see if there was a fracture there before he attached a carving jack and hauled on it would have been an idea, in my opinion. Um, She's an animal in late pregnancy, so giving sedation has serious risks. Cattle don't take anaesthetics or sedation very well. It affects the rumen and they can get some quite serious outcomes. He did mention that, but perhaps not seriously enough. The best outcome I can find for this procedure would be less than 50-50, so maybe a 40% chance in a lighter animal under 400 kilos. So 
And then that lovely sickening crunch that we heard as the leg went back in, that that is a clinical sign that there was a fracture there. So chances are animal would have got back up, redislocated the egg leg, um, now can't go into the food chain because she's had sedative. So not terribly impressed. Um, it was all just to show how wonderful Pip is. I mean, an animal got injured and she called her uncle the vet. Amazing. Fantastic. What a woman. Fabulous. Cool. See, this is what we need. Technical knowledge that I just didn't have a clue about, but I, I love it. And the fact that Pip got Josh to use his phone and dial and put it on speakerphone, but she she didn't say, oh, I'm just here with Josh or it's Pip and Josh. No, Alice said, hi, Josh. And she was like, it's Pip. I think Pip was so boring that the cow just fell asleep. They, they didn't even need an anaesthetic. And why call Alistair and not Jacob? Surely Jacob is the, the permanent full-time one. Alistair's just working a few days. I did wonder if Alistair had done the wrong leg. <laughs> and then after doing it all, they realised that actually it was the, the other leg that was dislocated. But it sounds much more serious than I thought. Thank you, Jen. Um, the, yeah. There was a fracture. Who'd, who'd have known from that? As Jen says, sickening crunch. It was rather... Um, yeah, I've, I've learned so much from Jen's yes. call. I just, it's lovely to hear somebody with so much knowledge pouring it out. It just made me think <laughs> who'd be an agricultural advisor on the arches yeah. when you've got people like Jen listening. Well, Jen should be their agricultural advisor. I think she's making a pitch, isn't she? She yeah. is. <laughs> uh, and uh, um, the, that, that the, the issue about the, the that crunch that uh, Jen mentioned was was uh, the source of a, a very long thread on, on the Facebook group, I noticed. Lots of people have been listening very intently to the sound effects this week, both of the car crash, trying to work out what had happened to David and Ruth and who was in the ditch and who'd hit what. And extraordinary people are listening on really high-quality headphones to listen to all this. So the sound engineers have their, apart from the agricultural end, uh, advisors, the sound engineers had to get it right as well. But um, uh, many people were sort of had their stomachs turned by listening to the crunch as the hip went back in. Mm-hmm. Uh, t- turned many a stomach. Yes. So um, the scrutiny this program gets is phenomenal. And Jen has applied her forensic ears and eyes on what was all wrong with that. And interesting, she said a sedative would prevent it going back into the meat Yes, chain. into that the food chain. Yeah, and thought of that. And clearly, she's a huge fan of Pips, just like you, Philip. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, she was awful. I mean, I've tended to be ambivalent towards Pip most of the time. I, I don't get why people. I just find her dull and moany and irritating. I just. But she of, is the child of Ruth and David. I, I so. shrug, but this week I can see why she gets under your skin. To Thank this you. week, I thought. Well, Gosh, she's awful. We have a lot more to talk about this, so we better move on to our next I was just getting, I was just offloading there. No, 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 just hold that. Pause until we, because we've got more calls about Pip, so just keep it, keep it there. I'm keeping it, I'll keep it. It'll be all right. And now we must go to Millie Molly Mandy, who has a plot prediction that she is worried about. Hi, P&Q, Millie Molly Mandy here. Um, calling in um, with plot predictions. So last time I was on, I was complaining about the women wasting their lives. And now, yay, Lily's gone back to college. And Phoebe's at least noticed that she doesn't have a life. But did you notice that um, we had mentioned her friends from college and Kilal? Um, Sounds like he was a special friend. I think 
this is going to be like an officer and a gentleman. Somebody's going to turn up and swoop Phoebe away. I'd rather she got a job. Um, but there you go. And then I'm worried about David and Ruth. So, you know, the, the writers throw, throw us a bone and presage things that are coming. This talking about um, who's going to take over Brookfield. I, I think something, I'm a little afraid something bad is going to happen to them. We've heard a lot of them. They've been very jolly um, parties. I'm afraid that David's going to have a pulmonary embolus and drop dead. Um, I hope he doesn't, but there you go. Um, another strange week in the Archers. Bye, P&Q. Thank you for all you do. Love you. Oh, we love you too, Millie Molly Mandy. It's mm. our second call, and she uh, calls in from Ohio, doesn't she? Mm. And um, been listening since 1974, I seem to recall. So she's got plenty to say. So lovely to hear from you again, Millie Molly Mandy. Um, well, we ought to listen to Millie Molly Mandy. Do you think I like saying her name? I think it's lovely. <laughs> Millie Molly uh, uh, she was concerned that the young women of Ambridge were wasting their time and mm. their lives. And lo and behold, they're all getting it together, aren't they? Apart from Phoebe, it seems. So we ought to listen to what Millie Molly Mandy has to say because she obviously has foresight here. Um, wondering if um, this Kill Owl fellow is going to be swoop Phoebe off her rewilding feet. That's a thought, isn't it? Um, he's sort of occasionally mentioned, but obviously she's, she's got a bit of a soft spot for him. And uh, blimey, uh, I hope Millie Molly Mandy is wrong on this because she she's going to see off David with a pulmonary embolism. Yeah, I'd rather I just hope- have his leg chopped off, really. I hope not, but it did seem far too warm and cosy. Uh, I mean, how would how would you split the farm, Quentin? I think for me now, I would give Pip part of the farm, Josh part of the farm, and then have an overseeing entity which includes Ben, so that there is some independence there. But it, it, you meant you put succession in the script, yeah. and it is with the deer in the road as well. I thought, oh, it it is like succession, and poor David was too tired to even remember what he'd been reading. Now, there's been a lot of talk about what book David was reading. So permit mm. me, Quentin, just to focus on this briefly. Um, Shall I go make a cup of tea? <laughs> yeah, go on. Well, I thought, first of all, is it something like how to how to retire like a rock star or Jeremy Clarkson's Diddley Scott Farm? I don't, I, I didn't know if it was that, but then we had Sarah Spilsbury on Facebook. There's some, do go on to Dumpty Dum on Facebook. There's some superb answers about what books are different characters in Ambridge, different people, should I say, in Ambridge are reading. And then on Twitter, uh, we had um, Pickwick the Dodo suggested that David would be reading Bernard Cornwall. Fates and Furies said they'd recently heard David narrating an autobiography of George Orwell. Rod621 said Animal Farm. Olympian said anything that ends with lashings of ginger beer. Uh, And Jane Priest said David would like all creatures great and small. Alistair wouldn't. So I thought, well, we need to find out what David was really reading. So I contacted the lovely Tim Bentick, who plays David, and said, right, what you know David best, what was he reading? And Tim has confirmed that Pickwick the Dodo was right. Tim says, well, yes, he was reading Sharp's Rifles by Bernard Cornwall, particularly interested in Captain Murray. And he attached a photograph of Captain Murray from the programme, the film. And, of course, it was played by Tim Bentick. And Tim said, I can put the photo on the Facebook group this week. So I thought that was quite funny. So we have it from the the world's leading authority on David. It, it was Bernard Cornwall. Who's also a member of our Dumpty Dum Facebook group as well. He is indeed, yeah. He is. Um, well, I, I, I hope he survives. 
Yes. 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 Because we've only, you know, we've just got Tim into the group. We don't, <laughs> we don't want Tim killed off, do we? We in don't. The no, 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 it's that. No, no. Oh, no. <laughs> that can't happen. No. They don't have my permission for no, that. No, 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 because no. then what? Would Tony be one of the leading male uh, role models? I use that <laughs> that phrase with a painful look on my face. But anyway. That was yes, a great call. It, it definitely was. But, I mean, they did not hit us over the head with a sledgehammer this week, didn't they, about succession. It was a bit mm. l- laden on, wasn't it? I mean, everybody was talking about uh, the future and possible retirement and succession and Pip Rosie wanting a, a brother or a sister. It was all, okay, we get the message. Is there going to be a huge cabinet reshuffle in the arches? Who knows? We'll have some more of your calls in a moment. But if you're listening to this thinking, I'd like to record a message and I'm wondering how to do it, here's how. Yes, it's, it's, it really is simple. We well, we proclaim ourselves as the people's podcast it's because we need people, i.e. you, to email, call in or text. And uh, whether you are a first-time, occasional or even a very regular caller in or we love hearing from you. And the best way for you to record a message or a plot prediction is to go to speakpipe.com forward slash dumpty dum. And you'll also find a link in the show notes. Don't forget that there is a T in the middle. It's dumpty dum. It is really, really easy. You can have as many goes as you like. Uh, you can just embarrass yourself. So don't worry. And do also have a look at our pinned tweet on the Dumpty Dum Twitter account. There you'll find all the details of how to leave us a message. We record normally on Sunday at 12 noon. That's unless I'm globetrotting. Uh, Please get your calls in by then. Do keep your call to a maximum of two minutes and the minimum age for contributors is 18. Now we need your help. There are three things you can do. Uh, First of all, if you haven't already, hit the subscribe button on your podcast app. And if you would please consider giving us a five-star review, it would be a huge help with the battle of the podcast algorithms. Next, Second, if you can write us a nice review, well, that helps even more. And we need to say a huge thank you this week so much to Nibin, Nibin, Nibin in the US, who left the loveliest review, calling it a must listen. Thank you. Thank you for taking the time to write such kind words. Um, And finally, the third thing, you could consider becoming a patron. Patron is a way of tipping creators and there are different levels with different rewards. If you just go to patreon.com and search for Dum T Dum, we will be chuffed to bits to have your support and we need to thank our new patrons this week we need to thank we have two glyn fuller love a good friend of this podcast and jessica eisenman or is it isenman uh, either way jessica if it's two of you then it's great to have two extra patrons but uh, thank you both or three of you very much <laughs> yeah thank you And so we go back to our calls. And next we have Claire from Clapham, who is wondering about the repercussions of the car accident. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Claire from Clapham here. Um, I haven't really got anything much to say about this week's uh, activities, except that maybe they didn't kill someone in a car crash, but something else will happen afterwards. I feel like it's all been a bit of an anticlimax, but maybe they're just lulling us into a false sense of security. And, um, you know, in two days, Ruth will keel over from onset, late onset concussion or something. But anyway, we shall see. Mainly, I wanted to call in and say how lovely it was to hear from some old voices that we haven't heard for a while, and especially old Grey Whiskers, because... I've really been worried about him 
<laughs> I was thinking, you know, I haven't seen him. We saw him at the, I saw him at the Dumpty Dum Live in Birmingham and it's been really quiet and you just don't know about people, do you, with the coronavirus going on? So, um, <clears throat> Um, I'm so sorry that you've been going through a rough time, um, Grey Whiskers, but I'm so pleased that you're back and talking to us again. Um, and that was really lovely. Um, so also, I was really loving our first call from Tracy in America. I can't remember where you were, Tracy, sorry. Um, but like, I'm putting in a bid here now to give, give her a slot every week just to take someone to task from Ambridge in that amazingly kind of polite, but harsh American way. I think like the, the way that you did that was fantastic. So yeah, I like to hear a, a kind of character appro- appraisal from every of every single person in Ambridge. We could do a like a series of those. That'd be pretty cool. Anyway, thanks everyone for keeping us all going. It's great to be part of the Dumpty Dum community and I'll speak to you soon. Thank you, Claire. Yes, it is great to be part of the Dumpty Dum community. Thank you. And and it was so lovely to hear from Grey Whiskers last week, wasn't it? Just it was, yeah. If yeah. anyone has heard from New York, Nigel, could you let me know? Because he's on my worry list. Grey Whiskers was on Claire's worry list. And New York, Nigel is on my worry list. I'd just like to know that he's okay. Um, I loved hearing scenes with four people this week at the party and the board game. It's just so nice to have four different voices in a scene. Um, I presume they were playing Rapido. I don't. Have you ever played that, Quentin? With is that with with the plasticine? Is that right? Yes. I mean, they call it. Last scene we yeah play dough but yeah I, I have played that normally descends into obscene shapes doesn't it but yeah <laughs> well that might be your that's, that's an husband <laughs> with mine <laughs> uh, but uh, yes it's usually the only things I can make are like a teapot and saucer or a snail <laughs> that's, that's the extent of my mm-hmm. yeah except Play-Doh. mine end up looking like pinus bonsai trees Philippa don't blush don't blush Oh, Quentin. Honestly, as my daughter says, you do you. All right, I'll do me. Okay, right. Um, Claire, lovely to hear from you. I do like Claire's calls. They just flow, yeah. don't they? They just flow. Fab. Um, yeah, she's worried something's going to happen afterwards, like a lot of other people. False sense of security. We're being lulled into. Mm. I cannot see them killing off David and Ruth. I can't. I can't. Um and I, I, that point you made about the siblings together, I, I do enjoy those, those you know, when the archers are together because we had one at the Harvest Supper and it just allows lots of reminiscing and nostalgia and filling in with a bit of archers' history and mm. reminders of what's gone on and the connections. And it's nice. And those four actors work well together and it feels really warm and cosy and natural, doesn't it? Um, yeah, I hope yeah. they enjoyed recording that. It I think, felt I like think they you could tell. Yeah. yeah. And they, they've they worked with each other for so long now. They chide each other like siblings and it's uh, it's nice. Nice, nice, it nice bit indeed. of writing and acting. So more of those. And um, she wants Tracy to have her own slot. Tracy well, from California. Have we got anything from Tracy this week? As if by magic, our next call is Tracy from California, Yay. as requested by Claire, who needs to take Alice to task. Greetings. This is Tracy from Oakland, California. Uh, Archer's fan for more than 20 years now, I guess. Wow. Yeah, long time, since 2002. Anyway, uh, I'm listening to the Omnibus, uh, the, the podcast, which is how I get the Archers. And... Um, I was like, I wish somebody would just tell Alice 
that one of the keys to her process of recovery and understanding other people's reactions to her is to stop being selfish. Like if she just stopped being selfish for 10 minutes, then she could see that other people are just trying to live their lives. Like all of her opposition about Chris um, being Russian, being in a rush to get a divorce is like, oh, <laughs> surprise, the man wants to move on with his life. It's like she never considers that. Um, and how painful the experience has been to him. And I know she's always like, hey, I'm just going to mess it up. Hey, I just give up. It's like, okay, well, and I know she's also not in her greatest, most stable state of mind. So I guess I could be <laughs> patient about it, but it's irritating to listen to. I feel like it would also be nice if somebody told her that she cannot unring a bell. Sometimes you tear things up and they're not going to get better. And she can't predicate her recovery and her happiness upon who forgives her who or who doesn't. Because the reality is, even when you're not drinking, if you do something wrong, there's no guarantee that people are going to forgive you. So, you know, it would be nice if somebody would just help her come to terms with the fact that sometimes you're not going to be able to fix it and you have to be okay with that. And that's how life works. And it makes you even more careful. Anyway, that's all I have to say. <laughs> uh, still enjoy the podcast. Thank you. Happy whatever this day is, Wednesday. <laughs> Bye. Oh, she's great, isn't she? I, I, love, her, I love her phrases, don't you? Mm. You, you, you can't. You can't unring the bell. Yes, yes exactly. Yes. Spot on. I love that. Um, forgiveness is not guaranteed. You can't fix everything. Mm. Um, bit of homespun home truths from Oakland, California. We, we, we love it, Tracy. Tracy obviously is a week behind us all, isn't she? Because she's catching up um, mm. with the omnibus. But um, that doesn't matter, Tracy. We want your homespun. <laughs> all the way from California. And she's just telling Alice, stop being selfish for 10 minutes. Yeah, I want to hear what she says about Pip this week. Well, I was going to say, if you want selfish. Oh, Pip was so dismissive of Josh's business. Whereas Josh isn't dismissive. He just states his case. Pip attacks, he defends. And just because he's working for himself, he's made to feel guilty. And Pip said, I just wonder how much you care about the farm. Really? And when she couldn't collect Rosie from nursery because she was waiting for a call on a mobile phone. I'm pretty certain even in Ambridge, mobile phones can travel with you to to the nursery. Very I, odd. I wondered when you might unleash the... Yeah, well, pip. I'm unleashing it now. Yeah, yeah, the, yeah, the, the pip, Barry. Yeah. Mm, yeah, um, the, yeah, the pip last, yes. Um, I'd like Tracy to I want to hear Tracy that. on pip. Yeah. I mean, she's that tough on Alice. What's she going to be like on Pip? Can't wait, yeah. Tracy. Uh, your, your, your. We await your call. We do indeed. And now we go to Catherine, who's been wondering about Jill and Leonard. Hi, Dumpty Dum. It's Catherine. Five forty-seven a.m. This time, uh, no cat, but he is diabetic now, so I'm busy giving him jabs, which is something I thought I'd never do. But Fabio will live to uh, visit another primary school, which is what he likes to do. So the Archers this week. Um, I was laughing at Jill describing Leonard as her friend. It makes her sound like she's a bit deficient and she needs someone to sort of carry her bag or something. How weird to say friend. You'd say partner or something, wouldn't you? And then I got to thinking, well, sorry, Philippa, you're going to hate this. Do they sleep together? Do you think it's kind of a sexual thing? Um, And I love the way Beth called Jill out for being, I think it's Jill, Jeggy, one of the two, um, for being just such an utter bitch and 
how sort of immature of of someone her age not just to roll with it and to immediately be so shirty um or uh, yeah very strange anyway also um what is it i know we all hate pip but about her voice when she says oh it's nice to think someone's thinking about them it's always got a bit of sass on the side hasn't it when uh, when uh, mrs mince uh Mince Mater, the mother of Vince, um, says she's going to visit. She's just so irritating, isn't she? But I was uh, pleased that they finally got their parents to sit down and shut up. And why will um, Ruth not just enjoy it and trust her children? Very strange. But yes, very new generation happy episode, wasn't it? Uh, brilliant. And I loved the bit in the party the day before. I've just listened to three in a row where they talked about the Licky Hills. I lived in Birmingham for years and I just love that place. And the Licky Hills really rang true. So obviously a uh, Midlands insider. Have a great week, everybody. Thank you, Catherine. That was a fab call, as always. Yeah, I thought she was just mispronouncing the Lakey Hills. I only realised subsequently that there there are the Licky Hills as well. So there you go. Learn something new every every day. Oh, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was talking to my mum about what uh, Jill had referred Leonard as being a friend, and my mum said that's exactly what her generation she thinks would do. That you wouldn't call him a partner because they don't live together, um, but that he's a friend. So. There we go. Um, if mother, if my mother <laughs> says that, I'm not going to argue. I loved, I loved the fact that Jill was getting the flapjacks out. I just thought that was brilliant. And uh, flapjack, the flapjacks are kept in the teal tin with the sparrows on. So we, that's another clue for future use. If she ever asks for the teal tin with the sparrows on again, we know we need to be ducking or hiding under the table. I, yeah, Leonard was the star this week. Handled iris and jill so well um and josh as well yes and uh, with iris with her eye on leonard i know i said i wanted an illicit love affair but i was not thinking about that you weren't weren't you um come on i'm gonna make you blush now catherine wants to know do you think they're sleeping together Please, look we've i would rather listen to sickening crunches of uh, le- cow's legs being manipulated back what? than to get into a discussion. Or about- Jolene and Kenton, I mean. Yeah, no. Take your pick, take uh, your pick. No, no, no. They just sit around reading poetry. Thank you very much. I, I reckon they've had a canoodle. I think they've, they've canoodled. Although she was sounding a bit frail this week. I don't think they've done anything but anything more than canoodle recently. Well, but, I was um, going to say, when you say canoodle... Dare I ask exactly what level of canoodling you're referring to? I'll leave that to people's imagination. I mean, less can, more oodle. Yes, yes. We, we've had a, a, a just heard from Tracy with her fantastic phrases. We have Catherine with her fantastic phrases as well. Mince mater. I mean, what a brilliant way of summing up <laughs> Iris. Love it. Licky Hills. I, I didn't know there was a Licky Hills. And like mm. you, I just thought, well, isn't it Licky Hills? Um, which, I mean, Catherine knows her stuff on this because she lived for many years in Birmingham. Um, and I'm sure she would have, she's not on Facebook. She she should be in our Facebook group because there's a fantastic thread this week. Did you see it, Philippa, about uh, the reference to Babs from Iris? No, somebody, I missed that one. Somebody said, well, why is she mentioning Babs? And people oh, say, no, yes. Babs, yes, it's yes. Babs. And then there's a great long discussion about whether it is a genuine Birmingham phrase. Uh, I, I did ask Catherine her view, and she said, yes, it is. You'll hear it all over Birmingham. It was became nuanced on the thread that it was more of a black country phrase, but it's mm. definitely a phrase in that area. So that's why we heard 
um, Babs being referred to, and I, and I love that. And, um, yeah, I mean, essentially, I mean, David told her, didn't he, as well, yeah, we've got to trust our kids to run the farm. So Ruth was fretting and catastrophizing. He said, for God's sake, just cuddle up, let's watch some trashy TV, and let's be fed by Leonard and Jill, and let's enjoy it. <laughs> so, yeah, um, and I hope Fabio gets better, Catherine. Uh, he's, I mean, you've got a sick hound, and Catherine's got a diabetic cat. <laughs> she all kicking off. I mean, I think Catherine's slipping this week. I mean, last week she filed at 1 a.m. I mean, yeah. now it's 547. I mean, what's that going range on? I mean, is, yeah. commitment? As ever, Catherine, thanks ever so much for your fabulous calls. Thank you. Brilliant. But someone else with lots of commitment is Vicky Cole in Vienna. They've just moved into their new accommodation and she has called us, bless her, with a prediction and a meet-up request. Hello, everyone. It's Vicky Cole in Vienna. Um, apologies if this sounds a bit echoey. It's the first night in our new apartment and we have almost no furniture so uh, it's also very windy so apologies if there's any problems with the sound um if there is any if there are any dumpty dummers in vienna um it would be lovely perhaps to meet for a coffee sometime um or i'm going to be in the uk for most of february in the southampton salisbury bournemouth areas if anyone is around that would be very nice to make contact I've been lucky enough to do a few Dumpty Dum meetups over the years, and it's always terrific fun. Um, the car crash. Well, I didn't really mind too much because it was Ruth and David. Um, um, I wonder if we have any sense of how old Vince and Iris and Leonard are. They all, I assume Iris and Leonard are younger than Jill. They certainly sound younger than Jill. Um, there was nothing terribly gripping about the archers this week, even though we had our two main characters being injured. I, I didn't care all that much, really. And then there was something about a cow, but I wasn't really paying too much close attention to that. But I just wonder, at the end, Pip and Josh were saying, oh, well, we won't have to worry about who's going to run the farm, how we're going to run the farm for years and years and years and years. And then at the same time, we've got David going, oh, it's lovely to have a rest. And Ruth's being tired and I wonder if there's something going to happen that actually Pip and Josh are going to have to run the farm a bit sooner than they're expecting either because somebody dies or because they decide to retire but maybe that's just too obvious and the scriptwriters are playing with us anyway take care stay safe bye Bye, Vienna, Vicky. Lovely to hear from you again. That's two weeks in a row. Fantastic. Mm-hmm. I hope you get a few more sticks of furniture soon, Vicky, because you did sound a bit <laughs> echoey in there, but we could hear you loud. We'll allow it. Yes, come on. Of course not. All of course right. she'll sound even better next week when she's got okay. a sofa. Um, <laughs> and with her lovely voice, which I've commented on before, so please phone in again. I'm going to call her Vienna Vicky from now on. But mind you, she'll move home soon again, judging by her. <laughs> she dots yes. around the globe, doesn't she? Um, she wants to hook up with people in the Southampton, Bournemouth and Salisbury area when she's back in the UK. Come on, people, step forward, get in touch with um, with Vicky. And I, I presume you've looked at the map. Do we have any Dumpty Dummers in Austria, in Vienna? We do. 23 listeners. Ooh. How many in Vienna? I, I can't narrow that down, unfortunately. So there are 23 in Austria. Um, I apologise. I've failed. I haven't been able to narrow it down anymore. But I would imagine that there, that there are some. So it's worth putting it on the Facebook group, Vicky, yeah. um, and see who who 
uh, pops up with that. But yeah, there there will be some near you. And when you do, do a double call in who, with whoever you meet up with. That'd yeah. be fun, wouldn't it? <laughs> probably about how many? Twenty seven. Should probably have all twenty seven there. With we do need to, you know, with everything easing, and if if everyone feels comfortable and safe, it, it would be nice to have a a big meet up. I think. Yeah. Well, let's do it eventually. Yeah, yeah. Um, she's no fan of Ruth and David. She doesn't care a, a, a jot about them, does she, Vicky? Vicky. Couldn't, couldn't care less what happens to them. <laughs> what about these ages? What do you think? How old uh, is Iris and Leonard? Well, they're all, they're... they're all obviously much younger than Jill, who's mm. 91, which Leonard reminded her of. Um, the actor who plays Leonard is 77. I think he sounds about that age as well. Yeah, uh, I, I put him in the seventies. I put Iris early seventies, Vince late sixties. No, God, no, how Ar- can that Ar- be? No, no, I'm just on the math. I'm just <laughs> yeah. on the math. Just think about that. That's that's just on the math. Concerning on all sorts of uh, levels. Iris, Vince, I'm like, yeah, so Iris is Vince's mum. Oh God, uh, Vince sounds older than he needs to be in order for it to work. Oh God, uh, Iris then. Uh, yeah, I think Iris is late seventies. So that's not uh, thirty I'd say years Vince off that. Is 40s. Fifth, late. No, Vince isn't in his forties. He's, I'd say, fifth. all right. So if she had him in, in her twenties. Yeah, late. Yeah, late forties, mm. early mid fifties. No, 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 no. Mid fifties. Mid fifties to late fifties to okay. early sixties. Right. <laughs> okay, but we do know that Jill's ninety-one. Yes, it's because the BBC often put the their ages for certainly the main characters, and it's interesting that they haven't put them um, on there Rob yet Williams for these others. Furnished me with the information that, um, in fact, um, Patricia Green, who plays her, is only a few months younger than her fictional character. She too, ah. ninety-one. Yeah, Vicky picks up on the whole succession theme like a lot of us. Well, you couldn't miss it, could you? Um, but she's she's worried about Ruth being tired. There's a lot of references to Ruth being tired, weren't there? There um, were. So if there's going to be a complication, I think it's probably going to be that rather than David's peg leg. Yeah, sorry, just going back to ages, because Elizabeth is 55. Sorry, I'm just doing a quick little look. You couldn't resist, could you? I couldn't resist. It all went silent. I knew she was Googling. (laughs) I can't find out about Vince, but if Elizabeth is 55, yeah, I'd say Vince is late 50s. Um, So that means uh, that our Iris is... Sort yeah, of late 70s, late 70s, early 80s. And so I had him Leonard's, about 23. Yeah, I'd say Leonard's probably eight, early 80s, something like that. He's a very sprightly 80 something, isn't he? Leonard. Well, you, lots of 80 year olds are, my goodness. 80s is the new 30s these, these days. That's nah. what I keep telling myself. Okay, right. All right. You're nowhere near that. <laughs> I know, but it's all about perspective. Anyway, that was a great call, Vicky. Thank you yes. so much. Please call in again. Yes, do, and I hope you get your furniture, and I hope you get some people for the meet-up. Yeah, that, hopefully, that would be ho- wonderful. Yeah, hopefully she'll be sitting down next time. <laughs> and now we go to Benjamin, a first-time caller in Ra, with thoughts on the week at Brookfield. Hello, or ni hao from Shanghai. It's Benjamin here. And what a strange week it's been in Ambridge, um, somewhere between Big Brother and like a reversed version of Gogglebox in places. Maybe we could call it Radiogram. Um the archers being hauled up in Brookfield was just a bit tiresome. And what on earth was that grand gesture of a takeaway all about? Um, very kind of Leonard to visit every takeaway in Borsetshire. Um, maybe just the hasn't arrived there yet. 
Um, and what's with Jill not batting an eyelid about the kids wanting to eat in their rooms? That's just so out of character for her. Um, what with Ben and Beth being in his room, uh, Pip and Josh being just across the way at Rickyard whilst everyone else was gathered around the fire, um, made for a very very strange episode uh all i can think is it may be six weeks ago when they were recording that um, omicron hysteria was happening so they might have like taken a hatchet to the recording schedule for you know like safety reasons but yeah it was very very strange um it's been great to discover your podcast um we're getting ready for chinese new year here which starts tomorrow which is monday um so xin yang kui le or happy new year and i most certainly will speak to you again soon bye bye Benjamin, wow, great to hear from you. Wonderful. Thank you so much. That's splendid. Um, I believe we have 12 listeners near you, so you're not the only dumpty dummer uh, in, in and around the area. Do call in again. Uh, yes, this this issue with Leonard driving everywhere. I mean, he's got Indian food, Chinese food, Greek food for Alistair. Well, Alistair's a bit strange wanting a kebab. Well, anyway, never never mind. We don't have any delivery service around where we are. We don't have Deliveroo or Just Eat or anything. Um, so I feel the same. I think it's because, certainly for us, uh, all the restaurants are 14, 15 miles away. And so that's sort of beyond the the perimeter of what they they would offer. But I loved Jill's line this week when she was saying that shop-bought stock has too much salt and not enough flavour. I thought it was the biggest takedown of Iris that she could that she could give. Your attention to food detail <laughs> never fails to amaze me. It just washes over me. Uh, but it did strike me. I mean, how many takeaways are there in Borsetshire? And how cold is that food going to be when it yeah, arrives? And poor Leonard driving everywhere. I mean, I mean, Ben was moaning, wasn't he, saying he was hungry to Beth? <laughs> yes, it's because so, Leonard's still, driven to London. He'll still be eating it next week. What takeaway do you think Jill ordered? Fish and chips, I thought. Yes. Yeah, I can't see it getting Chinese or Indian. Can no, uh, I think it'd be fish and chips. No, no. Um, great to hear from you, Benjamin, in Shanghai, a city I visited 15 years ago. I loved it. Um uh, Benjamin sort of popped up on Facebook, didn't he, during the week? And I, I immediately said, come on, call in, and mm. thinking, I bet he doesn't. And he did. So good on you, Benjamin. Love to hear from you again. Um, because in his Facebook post, he added some other interesting stuff. He says, hello, everyone. I've been an avid Archers fan for many a year and was even fortunate to do a brief stint of work experience on the show back in 2012 when I enraged a producer by pointing out that it was fairly obvious that something was not quite right with Vicky Tucker's pregnancy. She felt otherwise. Mm. He says, these days I catch up with all the goings on in Ambridge on my daily commute on Line 11 of the Shanghai Metro, although a particularly memorable moment was listening to Tracy Horobin giving a driving lesson while sitting on the deck of a crowded boat on the East China Sea. You really can just tune out of reality and into Ambridge practically anywhere. And it's lovely that. And that is it, isn't it? I mean, anywhere yes. in the world you can listen to this ridiculous drama and you can listen to this equally ridiculous podcast and just um, escape from the world. So, Benjamin, yes, thank you very much uh, for responding to my uh, putting the laying the gauntlet down and phoning in. That's that's calling in. That's fantastic. Uh, he did find, though, a week in Brookfield tiresome. We're going to get the alternative unit later on in a call or two, aren't we? Uh, we are. Yeah, which is interesting because, to be honest, and this is the, a credit to it, 
it was only sort of about midweek, maybe even Thursday. I thought, bloody hell, yeah, we've spent all week at Brookfield. It, it's funny, it, it, we were there all week, and in a way it didn't feel that we were there all week, and that was skillful, I thought. But we were trapped in Brookfield. <laughs> but we survived. Better than being trapped with uh, Jolene and Kenton. As Leonard said, we managed to get through the week. Yeah. So great, great call, Benjamin. More, please, from Shanghai. Yeah. And now we must go to Stephen, who is feeling nostalgic about the week. Hello, you two. This is just a quick call to say how much I've enjoyed this last week, spending all that time at Brookfield. It's felt like how the arches used to be when I was growing up. So Pip and Josh were a bit annoying, and maybe there was too much talk about bonsais. But it was mostly all about farming, all about being part of a family farm. I think we're spending next week with all the Aldridges, so we'll be back to the angst. But at least we've been reminded that the Brookfield Arger is still burning, still keeping us warm. And there's that call, Benjamin, the, the opposite point of view. Um, and I hadn't thought of it that way. And Stephen has been a lifelong listener, and it's interesting to get his take. And, yeah, I suppose it is a throwback, isn't it, to the, to the old days and a reminder that it is meant to be about farming and uh, <laughs> families. Yes. And in fact, I saw this tweet from Bernadette. She 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 started off um, this chain of thought. She said, "Do we need all this technical vet stuff from Alistair?" <laughs> to which Ian at uh, Rutherian said, "It's almost like it's a radio drama set in a rural and farming setting." <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> and you do forget. We were on the farm, weren't we? We and were. We were farming, and we were sticking our our, our arms down block drains and uh, sorting out cows with dislocated hips. <laughs> and it just shows that what one person loves, another person doesn't. And mm. you know, there's there's something for for everyone. But yes, it looks like we've got some time with the Aldridges next week. I and didn't it's know a, that. It's a <clears throat> Kerry Day this week as well. So there'll uh, be loads of Brian. Look forward to hearing all about that. Loads of Brian. Um, I please. I, can't tell you the script yet, but I can just talk amongst yourselves while I'm I have it. Starved a... of Brian. No idea it means we have Adam, won't we? Oh, God, it's always, there's always a, a counter, isn't there? Uh, well, why, yes. Well, he's still cheerful at the moment, isn't he, Adam? So There's no Brian. Oh, no, there is Brian. We do have Brian, <sighs> but we and we do have Adam. There you oh, go. God. Loads of Alice. Gosh, we've got Brian, Jennifer, Phoebe, Alice, Chris, all yeah. sorts, but uh, and yeah. Amy. So there we go. It's going to be a laugh a minute, isn't it? Well, it's Kerry Davis. It's going to. It's going to be. It it's going to. He'll be elevate it. Exactly. So those are the calls, but you can also send us an email or a text if you prefer. Quentin, how can Dumpty Dummers do that? Yep, you can send a text to 07957 167696. Remember, if you're texting from outside the UK to add that all-important plus 44. Or if you prefer to send an email, visit the dumptydum.com website and click the Contact Us tab at the top of the page. Don't forget that T in the middle, Dumpty Dum. Do get your calls, emails and texts in just before noon on Sunday as we record all this at around about midday UK time. Remember, you do need to be 18 or over to submit any views or comments. I put a poll out, didn't I, for mm. this week? Because uh, we've made mention of the Facebook group quite a lot on this podcast. And I was under the misapprehension that anybody in the Facebook group, the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, would automatically listen to this podcast. And then I was getting a sense that that isn't always the case. So I put out a poll saying... 
how many in this group listened to the Dumpty Dum podcast. And loads of you responded. We had 338 responses, which was fantastic. Mm. Both you and I were relieved, weren't we, Philippa, that the vast majority, (laughs) 270, do listen to the podcast, either always or on some weeks. The one that worried us, wasn't it, was we had 52 people saying that they never listen. It's like, what? How can you not listen to this magnificent production? And so I drilled down to that and got in touch with some of them, didn't I? And Mm. uh, the the answers are interesting. Um, Some of the nevers were that they weren't aware of the podcast. Well, they are now after we We've uh, let them know. Some had drifted away but have decided to return, yippee. Uh, One or two said they just simply don't have enough time in the week, but they will try to make time. Others said that they are willing to give it a go. Uh, And somebody else said that we're too chatty. (laughs) <laughs> so it's not that cup of tea but yeah, uh, sorry guilty is charged we have tried to reclaim some of those 52 so if you are one of those nevers do do make it an ever or sometimes because we'd love to have you on board but that was that was interesting but um thank goodness the majority do listen indeed and now we must go to our email inners and our first email is from darcy the subject is first time email innerer uh, she says, my first episode was Nigel's, oh! <laughs> oh that, Quentin? That was, that was, I'm channeling my, my Graham Seed. <laughs> Surely you... Sounds yeah. like something I'd say at the dentist, isn't it? Uh, yeah, yeah well, I thought you were about to start singing, but anyway, so carry on, carry on. What did she say? Oh, I don't know what she said. All right. She says, this last week was lovely. I thought the script writers did a splendid and thoughtful job of delineating the generations, including how they have all changed and evolved. Leonard's breakfast offering to the whole family was the cherry on top of Jill's virtual lemon drizzle cake. <laughs> I found it a very special week. And I hope one or two people somewhere around the globe were lucky enough to have tuned into this as their first ever week of the Archers, which sort of dovetails into what Stephen was saying. Old Archers, it was, you know, the uh, the genuine fair this week. Um, and I'm delighted that uh, you have enjoyed it so, so much, uh, Darcy. And uh, first time that you've emailed in, please do again. Yes, great to have you emailing in. Love that. And uh, yes, just imagine people listening. That's their first experience of the Archers. I don't know whether that's a, a good or a bad thing. Good because it was... You, most of us, some of us enjoyed it and it focused on um, the the family and the farming mm. elements. But equally in future weeks, they might be thinking, well, that, that's changed a bit. Not quite <laughs> Just wait till next week. Yes. <laughs> At home farm, they're going to go, oh my God, what's this? But Quentin, what? Quentin, just you wait because the second email is from your favourite person in the whole wide world. And this one... This is a classic. So, yes, we have an email from Anon of Ambridge. And here we go. Who else? Prepare yourself. Dear Uncle Quentin and Auntie Philippa, I have heard that there is a dry January in Ambridge, but I don't understand it. I've tried not drinking water, but it made me feel poorly. And I've tried not watering the plants and they died. Although everyone is talking about it, no one seems to have done anything. And the pub is busy with its usual two customers. What is dry January? Thank you, Anon of Ambridge. Anon, I just, I'd worry about you a lot. Um, let, let's be simple. Dry January is when people give up alcohol. You don't give up water. You just give up alcohol. And um, uh, yeah, just just talk think, to people, communicate, oh, oh, make friends. Clearly their dehydration has got to their head. I mean, <laughs> God's sake, Anon, drink. 
Bloody tap and have a drink of watermelon. I've seen your plants as well. Yeah. Oh, dear. Well, thank you for your call. Oh, I've got something else to say. Oh, I mean, go on. Well, I've said my piece really, which is drink, man. But maybe Anon's getting muddled up with Leonard because, you know, clearly Leonard is into fry January, isn't he? All those breakfasts. So we're not – you've got to eat and drink, Anon, because we'd really miss you. Yeah. <laughs> you didn't email in. <laughs> <laughs> I hope oh, he lives. I, hope, right. I can't. He, they. I hope they live. Drink, please. There you go. You you heard it here, folks. Yeah. Drink water. Thank you for your calls and emails. We love them. Do keep calling in. Now on to Dumpty Book Dumb. As you know, I host the Quick Book Reviews podcast, and I was talking to Janice Hallett. I'm joined by Janice Hallett, author of the bestseller book called The Appeal, and whose latest book has just been published called The Twyford Code. Janice, thank you for joining me on Dumdy Book Dumb. I believe there's a there's a tenuous connection to the Archers, <laughs> or not? <laughs> there is. It's a very recent tenuous connection, Philippa. It's um, a couple of weeks ago. The Daily Mail mentioned the Twyford Code as a book that was coming out, and it described me as former Archers scriptwriter Janice Hallett. I thought, wow, that's really elevated my career because I've never written for the Archers, <laughs> but here I am being lauded as as an Archer's scriptwriter. Uh, wow. Between you and me and whoever's listening to this, I, I've never written for the Archer's, but I wish I had. Oh, there we go. <laughs> While you're on, can can we just very briefly sort of summarise the Twyford Code? Can you, you tell us a little bit about it? Yes. The Twyford Code is um, the story of Steve Smith, who's just been released from prison after serving 11 years and he's going straight. Now, to keep him occupied, his probation officer asks him to start an investigation into an episode that haunts him from his youth. And he'd found a book on a bus that his teacher then confiscated. Now, she um, became obsessed with this book. And although his memories are patchy, he remembers that they went on a school trip and she disappeared. Now, he isn't sure what role he played in that. And so he's going back to his um, former classmates to find out what they remember. And I suppose that the twist that you realise in the Trifer Code the minute you open it is that this is told all through um, audio transcriptions because writing is difficult for him. So he has to record what he finds out. That, that's all I'll say at the moment. <laughs> He's got mysteries, codes, all sorts. Yeah, astonishing. Janice, thank you very much. Thank you. And so to Facebook. First of all, we need to welcome new members this week. Don't panic, just first names. So we need to say an how do to you to... Tracy and Lewis. Emma and Marion. Andrew and Joanna. And also to Charles, Kate and Benjamin. From Shanghai. So what has our Dum De Dum group been talking about this week? Well, let's find out as we sit back for the roundup of the goings on in the Dum De Dum Facebook group with R Witherspoon. Greetings, Philippa Quentin and all Dum De Dumers around the world. It's Witherspoon and Angus Haggis here with this week's social media roundup. We now have over 1,900 members in our Facebook group. This week centered almost exclusively on the members of the Archers of Brookfield Farm, which Royfield has described as the beating heart of our favorite docudrama. So I thought it was good to relax in front of their fireplace for a week. David and Ruth's injuries, Pip and Josh's bickering and then detente, Ben's all-around goodness, and Jill and Leonard's romantic downs and ups led to much chatter and speculation on Facebook. 
Rob Williams started us off by exclaiming, now that is what I call a cliffhanger after last Sunday's episode. There seemed to be a lot of confusion about what exactly happened and where it happened. Claire Campbell thought perhaps they had hit Josh or Pip, who were out in the rain. Caroline Franklin thought a tree had fallen on the car, and Elizabeth Byrne wondered whether they had driven into the flooded yard. By Monday, we learned that both David and Ruth were A-OK, though a bit bruised and battered, so they got to take the week off from farm work. However, Jenny Little and other Dumpty Dummers were concerned that Pip had left Rosie alone in Rickyard when she was out working in the rain. Sophie Rogers and Sarah Forrester agreed with Jenny, but Sandra Jenkinson and Chris Murray were prepared to give Pip the benefit of the doubt and thought Jill was watching Rosie in the farmhouse. On to Iris's visit to the infirmed, and we learned that you can never be too old to stir the pot. Martin Vanden Heuvel pointed out that the script had more naughty innuendos than an episode of Are You Being Served? Carolyn Wright thought that Iris was channeling Mae West when she uttered, Come over and see my bonsai sometime. Bill Brown even called Iris a hussy. Haven't heard that one in a while. But Leonard didn't let Jill down, who, as an aside, was sounding a bit under the weather, and a few Dumpty Dummers voiced their concern about her health. Leonard also came up bonsais with all of the family archers. Charlotte Yarker exclaimed, I love Leonard, anybody who can placate Jill and undertake the journey to multiple takeaway destinations in the same evening is a keeper. Fiona Hayton added, I need a Leonard in my life perhaps 30 or 40 years younger, or do I have to wait until I'm 90 to find a lovely man like him? I speculated whether Leonard would again try to pop the big question to Jill on Valentine's Day. I hope so, and I hope she says yes. The week ended with a lot of sibling togetherness. The senior archer sibs sat down to enjoy some board games, and I asked everyone on this week's Snap to recall the games they played in their youth with their siblings. The question got lots and lots of responses as I stirred many memories for the baby boomers among us. So please check it out. Meanwhile, Pip and Josh were doing anything but playing games with Alistair and that cow. Many found the sound effects a bit unsettling, to say the least. Lillian McCarthy said that it reminded her of Casualty and Holby City when they put a dislocated shoulder back into place. Crunch. So what did this week all mean for the Brookers and the future of the Archers? Melly McMerryweather summed it up as such. So much bonding of late. The big stuff is coming, and I hope it isn't what I suspect. I'm not sure what you suspect, but Claire Campbell noted, there is always a red herring to disappoint us. So as usual, time will tell. Talk to you soon. Thank you, Witherspoon. And to everyone who's posted their thoughts on the Dumpty Dum Facebook group, you'll be very welcome to join us there if you haven't done so already. You should celebrate yourself every day, but some days you should celebrate with jewellery. Whether you want to commemorate an unforgettable moment or just bring some added sparkle to your collection, Blue Nile can offer you expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewellery of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com today and experience the ease and convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com. BlueNile.com. Quality sleep is essential. That's why the Sleep Number Smart Bed is designed for your ever-evolving sleep needs. Need a bed that's firmer or softer on either side? 
helps you sleep at a comfortable temperature? Sleep Number smart beds let you individualize your comfort, so you sleep better together. J.D. Power ranks Sleep Number number one in customer satisfaction with mattresses purchased in-store. And now, save 50% on the Sleep Number limited edition smart bed for a limited time. For J.D. Power 2023 award information, visit jdpower.com slash awards. Only at a Sleep Number store or sleepnumber.com. Life is full of awesome what-ifs, and some not so much, like unexpected medical costs. That's why United Healthcare provides Health Protector Guard fixed indemnity insurance plans to supplement your primary plan and help manage out-of-pocket costs. Learn more at uh1.com. We're also on Twitter, of course, under at Dumpty Dum. Our team always includes the Archers hashtag, that's sort of one word, using a capital T and A. That's so the visually impaired can enjoy any Archers-based tweets. Also, if you can, try and include at Dumpty Dum in your tweet so more people get to see it. And all that uh, helps to get our community growing still further. As well as at Dumpty Dum, we're both on Twitter. I can be found at QuickBook Review with a three instead of a W. And I'm at 13 Minute Man. That's one three minute man. Hello, it's Fry here. No, not that one. And now on Dumpty Dum, it's time for Tweet of the Week. We've got three good ones, Philippa, but one's going to make you blush. Okay. Oh, no. <laughs> I've got my head in my hands already. Have you, have you got your Jane Austen fan ready? Oh, dear. Come on then. Right. Get okay. the smelling salt. Okay, we're going to start off with Stephen Bowden. He's featured large this week, isn't he? But he came in with a cracker this morning during the tweet along. He gets bronze for this at Wenlock House. It's hardly surprising that Rosie knows all about the large intestine, given that her mother is completely shit. (laughs) (laughs) That's very good, Stephen. (laughs) I I thought that would tickle you. Why isn't that gold? I'm sorry. Well, I'm yeah. <laughs> yeah, well, let's call it gold-plated, Stephen. It's very good. <laughs> but I think these other two are, are excellent as well. In silver, we've got a, a newcomer to the podium. It's Sam at Sam Dean, D-E-A-N-E. And she says this. Uh, two words from Jill, and my pass ag monitor is squealing so hard only bats can hear it. <laughs> very good so that's a great one from you sam thank you very much Mm, Um, but here's here's the health warning okay philippa Um, remember we this podcast doesn't go with an explicit so no no there's no no rude words in it and it got lots of likes this one um (laughs) bring in stephen bowden again because he tweeted saying it's clearly bad sex week on the archers so this one from sar at uh Sar for all to see. She's obviously been thinking of all that snuggling up, you know, by the fire, mm. Ruth and David. Mm. And she came up with this thought. David? Yes? Do you want to pop it in if I lie on my good side? <sighs> <laughs> I just need to go and... <laughs> Uh, they, they loved it on Twitter, so uh, it get, gets a gold. And Sars, a first-time medalist, so she comes in straight in with a gold. So well mm-hmm. done. That's three brilliant tweets this week. So congratulations all. Yes, congratulations. Have, have you recovered? 
no. <laughs> and we need to start winding down anyway. So we must say thank you to Brian, Cheryl from Cornwall, Polly Perks, Jen Ambridge Pony Club, Millie Molly Mandy, Claire from Clapham, Tracy from California, Catherine, Vicky Cole, Benjamin, Stephen, Darcy, and Anon of Ambridge, and author Janice Hallett for all their contributions, as well as Melissa from Italy for her dum de dum tune. Thanks also to our social media supremos, Shambridge for her voices, and to our podcasting parents, Lucy V. Freeman and Royfield Brown. So what will be revealed next week? Will Tinder immediately start including a love of bonsai trees as an option? (laughs) Will Borchester Bounce discover that using a purple pole to knock three-year-old children off bouncy apples is not exactly the brand image they might truly want? Will Leonard realise that he is not a butler to the Archer family? And will Josh and Pip get on so well they decide to move into the bungalow together? All will be revealed next week. But for now, it's a thank you for listening and a bye-bye from me. And I'm off to consider if I'm too old to be useful. Bye-bye. deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. Mom deserves the best, and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings, from premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 